Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to this episode of The RPG Show. My name's Brent, I'm your host, and with me today is my buddy, Nick Mann. What's happening? Nick Mann? That's uh, that's a strange nickname. Yeah, whatever, man. What do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Nothing. That's what I fucking thought. So, uh, you probably saw the title of this episode and thought... Yes, it's another Listen Liquor episode wrong, because uh, neither one of us were in particularly cheery or drinking moods, and we wanted to do a list show, so get over it. Yes, this one's probably going to be boring. It's not going to be boring. We're never boring. At least that's what people tell us. I'm boring. You're not boring. I, I guess. I don't know. You really know. can never know what's going to come out of our mouths. So. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, I guess before we get down to the business of hand, what do you what have you been up to? What have you been What have you been doing? What have you been playing? Um, aside from Albert's Odyssey. Yeah, aside from Albert's Odyssey. Um, doing some of the DLC for Final Fantasy 15. How's that uh, going for you? You want to talk about that? I mean, I, I guess I can. Um, so I did uh, Gladio's DLC, I've done Prompto's, and I'm doing the Comrades one now. Um, probably my favorite one of all of, all of all of those was the Prompto one, surprisingly. Okay. Because okay. I, I really dislike him as a character. Um, but uh, nobody's probably going to play him, but essentially like they're just like uh, the what happened uh, during different parts of the game when the characters were gone. Okay. So, like, uh, Gladios is what happened when he left before everybody got in the boat. So when he came uh, back with those extra extra cool scars, bro? Yeah, and it was pretty much just him going through some, uh, like, training right uh, and fighting Gilgamesh and trying to get his power. And oh, he gets to fight Gilgamesh? Like that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that motherfucker's a pain in the ass. I'm sure. I mean, Gilgamesh is supposed to be a badass. Like, one of my favorite reoccurring characters in Final Fantasy, Gilgamesh. And he has a lot of awesome weapons. That's that's his shtick. <laughs> um, but no, that's cool. Um, and you said you liked the Prompto one? Um, yeah, because that one was the one where uh, it's about what happens when he gets knocked off the train by Noctis. Okay. Um, and it's, well, 
like it's he's still kind of like a whiny bitch, but Aranea shows up and he's like, uh, "Are you gonna keep being a bitch or or what?" Like almost verbatim, and he's like, "Well, I guess I won't." Mm, whatever, like wrestling him with the whole like he's actually a fucking uh demon spawn thing thing yeah whatever the fuck it is like a clone of some dude who's hmm. supposed to be turned into demon fodder to be put into a mechanical soldier or whatever matchstick soldier but the gun elements were interesting enough there's some challenging like side quests to doing them uh definitely got a lot of action set pieces so i mean it was all right for like four or five hours of game time let me let me Uh, ask you this because i have heard this um discussion out there let's assume all of these dlc campaigns were included in the original launch game how would that affect your uh your uh, thoughts on the original final fantasy 15 experience i don't know how you really would incorporate it into the game because you're supposed to be following noctis around um I mean, but that's not, it's not unheard of for, for Final Fantasy game to take a break, like a vignette to what's happening over here and take control of another character for a short, short period of time. Sure. But hasn't, when that has happened, there's been like, either, either the game has been focused around multiple characters uh, throughout the whole game or uh, the main character has been unusable for whatever reason like plot devices not like the main character still hail walking around and oh we're just gonna go skip and see what this dumb fuck's up to mm, i mean uh unless it has happened i just can't remember nine did a bit of that where you get these other scenes i don't know if there's like a lot of playability in it i'm just asking because a, a lot of it uh a lot of what i've heard are they're like really there's some really important like story beats in some of these that uh, helps the plot to 15 tremendously. So uh, I just didn't know your your thoughts on it. Um, well, if they were somehow weaved into the main campaign, uh, they would definitely help a lot of the plot. Okay. Uh, not so much Gladiolus's thing, but definitely Prompto's. Well, uh, only... I played Ignis. I think the only problem has a lot of plot in it. I think the only problem with with gladio in that game like his whole like because he just disappears and then he comes back and that's all you really get is that he went away to do a thing and then he comes back so all i really need is that he's going through this this uh hereditary like rite of passage thing that's all i need really to explain to me why he's gone and i don't even get that in the core game that he had to go do some some rite of passage thing well, they they kind of fixed that in the DLC, okay. sort of, because they started off with them all at camp, and they're like, "So, uh, tell us what happened." Uh, like, oh, okay. Uh, finally, so he finally breaks down and says some shit. Like when in the main game, he's like, "Uh, no, it's not important. It's not important. We don't we don't need to talk about it." And see, that would have been but, a good example on how to how to switch that. Like in the main game, like if you're just sitting around in the main game, and the first time you make camp or like stop at a hotel after that event occurs. Like, I think a flashback would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, they could have weaved it in somehow. Like, whatever. But, whatever, man. That's It is what it is. They do definitely improve the, the plot, of the, uh, I guess the, the storyline okay. a bit, giving it information. 
All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, but I would probably say avoid comrades if you ever plan on. No, if anybody's listening ever plans on playing 15 again, which is probably highly doubtful. It's not. It's not really fun. Nobody, <laughs> there's nobody really playing it. There's no real. It's supposed to be a multiplayer thing, but it's really just. Uh, you pretty much have a hub, and then you pick a mission to go to, and then oh. you hop into a mission, and maybe you get some people to play with. So it's nothing really like exploring. I hear you. No. Like the the progression is kind of lame because you just farm materials. It's like a shitty version of Monster Hunter hmm. with Final Fantasy gameplay, like Final Fantasy 15 gameplay, and that's not really stellar as it is. Like I've just been holding the circle button most of the time and just killing everything. I'm like, this is stupid as shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Oh yeah, because I need to get the fucking trophies. That's right. Yeah, that's the thing. That is a thing. Now, uh, yeah. anything else you've been playing, or has it just been Albert's Odyssey in Final Fantasy Fifteen? Um, I've been dabbling a little Paladins. Okay, that's the um, what? that's the MOBA one, right? It's like a MOBA. That is, that is the free to play. No, that's Overwatch the phone. that's the Overwatch. That's the Overwatch one. Yeah, that's right. Now I know. It's also going to be a Player Unknown's background clone coming up soon. Oh, because they're adding a huge free for all. Uh, yeah. Hundred players with uh, five player teams, so it'll be twenty teams against each other or some bullshit. And it's like you get in there and you have to find your weapons and whatever. I'm like, okay, y'all are really trying to fucking just grab everything you can, because like I've seen, like I haven't really played Overwatch. I think I've tried it on a free weekend, and I'm like, eh, it's whatever. I guess I get the appeal, but it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's somebody I've been friends with for like. 10 years online it's like oh man i got paladins you should play with me i'm like that's free why the fuck not and i look at the trophies because i gotta do that first and i'm like all right this is manageable uh like 20 hours this shouldn't be too bad um but i've been kind of playing like i haven't played as much as this dude like i've played like maybe six hours of it and it's okay way to pass the time what are you playing it on ps4 ps4 okay yeah so if you ever want to play uh I think so. Well, I mean, it's interesting, and I like those type of games. I just don't have time for it. Like, it just yeah, I understand. It just not. It's not how my life works anymore. <laughs> like, it's like, oh yeah, I'd love to play some online games with Nick and whoever. It's just no, that's probably not gonna. I don't want to even promise it. I don't even be like, well, maybe. No, I don't want to do any of that because that's very, very mature. Of you. <laughs> I would rather say it's not gonna happen, and then one day it's like, oh, Brent's here. <laughs> like, I would rather that be the alternative. You, unlike me, who's like, oh yeah, sure, and then just never fucking does it. Yeah. So. Um. Aside of that, um, I've also been dabbling in a little of uh, shit. Oh, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Okay, that's Switch. the uh, that's the uh, the Dynasty Warriors meets Fire Emblem thing where it's like combat, like it's like fighting. It's literally Dynasty Warriors. Uh, but they meshed in some of the Fire Emblem uh, uh, like mechanics. Okay. Um, but yeah, they have the worst part about the game is that they have only characters from the recent, most recent uh... releases, which is Fates and Awakening, and uh, Shadows Over Valencia, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so none like the good characters. Well, they have some as DLC, like they added Lin and stuff, uh, and that's cool, I guess. But. Um, you can pair up your characters. So you can have two characters at one time and switch on the fly. You can, which is the first, as far as I'm aware, first of the Warrior series. You can actually tell your AI 
co-commanders like were to actually go on the field like you would in Fire Emblem. Okay. So you can be like, hey, you need to go protect this uh, area, and they'll go do it. Because I know the, I'm not sure if you've played many Warriors games, but in every other one that I've played, it's pretty much you just walk around the map and everybody else does their own The only thing. Dynasty game I've played is Dynasty Tactics. Okay, then. Uh, well, I feel like you're missing out, because i played a lot of the Dynasty Warriors games. I'm I've sure. Played, my favorites are the Gundam Warriors ones. Okay. Um, but the... Uh, her fuck heroic warrior Aslan. I can't remember if that's name. Uh, Arslan, mm-hmm. I think, was a pretty one, pretty fun one. It was based off of uh, an anime, which is based off of a manga, which is based off an old, uh, I think, proto-Iranian story, okay. kind of like uh, where Gilgamesh came from. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked the anime and I really liked the game. And it was a really interesting story. So I highly recommend the game if anybody wants to play it. But uh, I've also played the the Berserk Musou game, um, okay. or Berserk and Amanda Hawk, and I can't not pick up a Berserk property, so that was fun. I heard the new anime is kind of garbage, though. Um, yeah, imagine if uh, it was Van Gogh that painted Mona Lisa, right? I think. Anyway, uh, imagine if, I think, it was, whatever, the artist that painted Mona Lisa... Uh, painted Mona Lisa, and everybody's like, oh, this is amazing, this is great. And then... Uh, a couple of years later, somebody was like, "You know what? Really like the way that Van Gogh does his paintings, and I really liked Mona Lisa. I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do another one." Uh, and then instead of like actually like painting it, they like they took a shit, uh, flung it at a canvas, and then pissed on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then you that'd be the the new Berserk. Mm. Got it. Like they kind of do like this fucking. That cheap uh, CG animation, like Cartoon Network, kind of like rip out an episode every two day kind of thing. Well, yeah, it's a it's first it's cheap looking CGI, and then they do a fake out where the intro is in this badass looking fucking hand drawn animation. So you're like wow. you're watching the intro, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, this is gonna be sweet. And then like the actual show starts, and it's really shitty CGI with shitty animations. The proportions are off. Um, and like a lot of the framing is bad. Like the cinematography is bad, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I guess one of the worst faults to it. Like the lighting is pretty bad in some places. There's not a lot of like movement, like this, I guess a very like a static thing, mm-hmm. which is stupid for CGI. Cause you have all this, you should have all this movement yeah. available to you. You don't have to draw anything, I guess. Like I'm not, I can't claim to be a fucking animator, but I feel like working with CGI is probably a lot less intensive than hand drawing every single fucking frame of what you're trying to do. But whatever. Um, like I've watched it all the way through. I enjoy it cause it's berserk, but it's the same as like people that enjoy getting, I guess get their nuts stamped on by chicks and heels. Like yeah. it's not fun, uh, but you kind of have to force your way through it. Okay. Right. I don't know. Well, it's probably a bad an- analogy, but like, eh. That's real good. Um, yeah, so what about you? What have you been doing? Um, I've been playing a little bit of a lot of things, too. Um, with, uh, I haven't picked up Albert's Odyssey yet, so I'm really, you know, I'm going to punish myself on that. Uh, but, uh, we've been having some technical gif- difficulties here, so if, if this sounds weird, it's because I'm actually doing this all through an iPad. Uh, I have a new computer on its way to me as soon as I get it. I'm, you know, dope. you go get both episodes, blah, blah, blah. Sorry about the late episode. 
Thank you for listening to that. Welcome to this one. Uh, so that's been a thing, but I've been playing. I, I got uh, Zodiac Age, uh, Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age for the PS4, and I've. Uh, I remember how much I love the aesthetic and world of Final Fantasy XII. So it was one of those things where I installed it just with the intention of, you know, kind of playing a little bit here and there, and then, you know, two o'clock in the morning rolls around, and I'm, what the fuck am I doing in my life, uh, kind of thing. So that's been good, enjoying the new uh, international job system and that. That's all fun. And I've been playing, uh, like, uh, just a bunch of random stuff. So I played a couple hours of Super Mario RPG the other day. Um, I spent a good four hours playing Paperboy the other day for no reason. Like, I was just going through games and, like, organizing stuff to put in stuff I got for... uh, for Christmas, and I was like, oh, yeah, fucking Paperboy, and I put Paperboy in and played it for three or four hours. Um, just a bunch of stuff like that. Nothing nothing crazy. Um, you know, uh, I, I probably played the first hour of, like, the first Soikoden game. I don't, I don't know if I played for a full hour, but I played it. Just kind of, like, picking up here and there, just kind of waiting till I can, I can get uh, Albert's Odyssey going. So... But most of my gaming time has been spent on Final Fantasy XII. But it makes me kind of torn, right? Because eventually we'll get to do Final Fantasy XII for the show. And it's like, do I want us to play the original PS2 version? Or do I want to make you play the new one? Because I think you would like the new one better. Well, then we'll play the new one. Yeah, but it's not... like. I'll probably end up playing the original because I like it changes some stuff, but not enough stuff to like it. it, The primary changes that, that, uh, that job system and it is different. Um, so I, and I don't know how much I, it's better, but it's, it's just hard to explain. Like, cause so it's basically think, because the biggest comparison in the the license board is to the sphere grid. So think if if the sphere grid, you got to choose like two different sphere grids that you could have on each character, right? And that's basically what you're doing is instead of having the huge open license board, each character gets to choose two smaller license boards, okay? Now, my problem is a you can't like reverse that choice in any way. So once you've made it, you're locked in and, uh, B, you end up with a lot more of the, uh, like small passive buffs and overall your characters end up, uh, more powerful than they did in the original system because you have more access to things like the battle lore, which increases your attack and swiftness, which reduces your action time. Uh, so, it's kind of a trade-off there. I just don't like that you kind of get locked out of things because I could always, in the old system, I could always spend a little bit of grinding time to make sure that everybody had some white magic. That way I could always just throw a backup gambit for for raise and a cure spell if my healer went down or something. Um, but you can't really do that here. Like, you can't... And only really one... Now, two have access to low white magics, but one of them is the red mage, which you want to use to be a secondary class on another thing. So it ends up being, like, unnecessarily complicated, if you ask me, because I think the big open uh, 
license board, you end up like sticking to one corner of it anyway, and eventually filling out the whole thing. So it doesn't it doesn't really fucking matter. So this this limiting me um, kind of sucks, and it kind of I don't know. I get real nervous when they're like, "Oh, choose a license board." I'm like, "Well, I don't want to. Like, I want everybody to be able to pick up a little bit of this and a little bit of that to get me through certain parts of the game. I know are going to be um, tricky. And the the two times and the four times speed is amazing because there's so much walking in Final Fantasy XII. It's it's huge game and it's so much walking and it's like uh, I have it on permanent two times speed. Like, if I take it off, I, I feel like the whole game is slowed down to a crawl and I can't play it anymore. So... Well, it's definitely a, a boon that a lot of... Uh, I think mainly Square has been putting out with their remasters or remakes, right? Like, yeah, there's also the, in Final Fantasy VII. The extra speed, yeah. the the And that's my primary... Like, so, like in seven you had, like, some cheats, too, but it's I just like the extra speed, because especially, like, sometimes you just want to grind out a few battles, and you don't want that to take forever like you just want to do it and i got no problem playing through it i just you know these are older games and i guess it's the best way they found to like kind of speed up that uh like kind of like that loading and processing time from like selection screens and moving around and all that kind of stuff i guess i don't know so can't say whatever plus it looks good uh it looks good on the ps2 i don't think it needed a big HD overhaul because they the way they uh, they made it fit and work on the PS2 is like everything kind of has lower polygons so everything looks smoother than you would like but I think the so like think of um, like the artwork from Final Fantasy Tactics right like all the that Evilis esque artwork just like plastered onto everything. Um, so it might not have as many polygons as you would expect. It it still looks beautiful, if you ask me. So I never thought it, it really needed it. But it looks cool. So there you go. Well, I know a couple of people in the Discord have been playing it, or at least C-Tan, and I think Kujo said he was going to, but I can't remember. I know C-Tan, he picked it up for a while, and then, like, I know he was he was at a part that I've well passed now, and I haven't heard him talk about it much. And they've been talking about playing other games, so I don't know if he put it down or, or whatever. Be interested to know. You listening to this? So I think he got stuck somewhere. I got pissed off or something. I know Josh Watch Josh was playing it too. I yeah. think. And it and it's easy because um there are these hunts that you can do that you very quickly have access to like higher level shit than you should be taking on really early on. And there are a lot of places, the game certainly doesn't, it doesn't have a lot of barriers between zones. So if you just go exploring, you can easily walk into an area where you're just going to get, you're just going to get butt fucked. Like right, right off get. You're just going to get fucked. So, um, I can imagine. Sounds like a good time. So I can imagine somebody that likes to poke in every corner before they move into the next area. That would bother them. But the, the. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I can come back here. I can come back when I'm I'm badass enough to handle this because uh, there's that, and then uh, yeah, there's a lot of just you can get you can get royally fucked by fighting the wrong stuff at the the wrong time. Uh, it's not punishing you. It's just you you can you can get to stuff that's higher level than you pretty fast. Uh, so because there's not a lot of uh, while there it's is. Negating. Yeah, there's there's no there's not a, there uh, there are some story gates, but there's not a ton. 
right? So, uh, you know, you can easily get to, like, rank three hunts uh, well before. And then you have to you have to learn how to manipulate the mist system. So, like, the quickening system, I think, is so... It's, it's, like, it's like Limit Breaks in other games. and But the way you manipulate it is a little weird and kind of counterintuitive. So, um... I, I think a lot of people do struggle with it, but once you get it, it's it's kind of its own little mini game, and it's I think it's kind of fun. Plus, the animations look totally rad. So, um, but it's a lot of this shuffling and like trying to because you get more damage out of the number of hits you get in as opposed to the strength of hits. So you have like three tiers of quickenings. So if you can get off, say, twelve strength one quickenings it's more powerful than three or four tier three quickenings, if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. So, um, like a lot of people, it's like, oh, I've unlocked my third tier. I want to hit that. It's like, nah, you want to just hit the one a bunch of times and try and get quick charges and um, that kind of thing. So, All right, so yeah, so I just I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm playing it. It's been fun, uh, you know. Plus, you know, I've been getting the whole griping about spending too much time up in the game room, office, studio space. So the PS4 was hooked up downstairs, so I can get away with playing that down there. So you know, we all know how that goes. You gotta you gotta be you gotta you know can't be with so antisocial. Uh, did you pick up? Uh, no, we already talked about that. They already talked about holiday stuff i don't know i'm bringing it up so let's go ahead i and... do have to say i did start playing i am zitsuna too okay and oh did you download the octopath traveler on uh the demo on the switch like i told you to? no until i forgot about it i will do that after this you fucking just worthless piece of shit but how's uh how's octopath travel not octopath travel setsuna i am setsuna uh it's actually pretty fucking fantastic i think you would really like it yeah and i i I keep looking at it. I keep wanting to get it. I just haven't. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Like I, I figure I would. It looks cool. It, it is. It's probably. I've heard it's like one of the most faithful, like uh, like to like that old uh, RPG style, like the SNES sixteen bit RPG style. Yes, it's probably one of my, my favorite game I've played the last couple of months. Oh, rad. That's exciting. It's, uh, it's like, I don't know, it's got like this, it just feels like the same, like when we were talking about it on one of those episodes, a couple of episodes past, it feels like one of those games that I would have played when I was a younger person. Okay. Like, I'm getting that kind of vibe out of it, like that whole, this is why I play RPGs vibe out of it. That's cool. So I, I highly recommend it to everybody. All right. Well, um, now that we got that out of the way, before we head into our list, let's take a quick musical break. Uh, first up from me, I have a remix by the title Through the Mirror and Back by Half Walk. Uh, this is from uh, this is remixing both the Overworld themes from Link to the Past. It's super jazzy. You guys know how I have a, have a thing for jazz. Uh, it's got a little electric piano. Well, yeah, I like it. So let's take a listen to that. When we come back, we're going to kick off our list.
so weapons, man. You want to go first? You want me to go first? We'll start at five, work our way up to one. Who, who you want to go first? I mean, I can. All right. Well, you're you're going first. Which what's, what's your number five pick, Nick? All right. Um. So, as with everything we do with lists, this list is not like all encompassing. Pretty sure there's things I've forgotten or things I'd rather put on this list, but this is what I came up with in the last ten minutes before the show started. So, deal with it. Uh, so number five weapon is the Star Dragon Sword from Suikoden 1, 2, and 3, which is wielded by Victor, and then later on by, fuck, I think his name's Edge, I have to check, mm-hmm. uh, in Sweden 3, I'm pretty sure it's Edge. Yes, damn, I pulled that out of my fucking ass. Look at you. Ah. Uh, so essentially what this sword is, um, it is kind of like child of one of the ruins i think uh okay. the night rune mm-hmm. um and it is used pretty much to kill vampires uh mainly neck lord um it's Swigodin three it really doesn't have any big role uh like in the story as it does in Swigodin one and two because edge pretty much is like yeah and i was training with victor and then i beat him and he gave this to me he told me to take care of it until he wants it back and then he joins your party after you beat him in a duel. But as we get in one and two, um, you're looking for a way to kill a mech lord. Um, and then you hear about this uh, sword in this cave of the past or something. Um, Victor, you take Victor along with you. Um, him and the sword hit it off, but not really. Um, I think you get sucked into the past to watch how mech lord like, destroyed some village. Um... Then you get your way, find your way out. You get the sword because you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go kill Necklord. The sword's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Uh, then you use it to break the like enchantment or protection, whatever Necklord has on him, um, so you can actually like kick his ass. On uh, the part two, pretty much kind of the same thing. Victor gives up the sword because he's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Necklord's gone, which is dumb. Like, how are you gonna give up this awesome fucking weapon? But whatever, Victor. Um, so you go get it back. Um, and he needs to kill Necklord again. It's also a sentient sword, isn't it? Doesn't talk. Doesn't talk to him a bunch. Yes. Uh, it's the only speaking weapon in the series, as far as I'm aware. That's probably true. I just remember Uh, talking to him. Like that's all I got. Well, that's what I was I was hinting at when I said they they got along or they hit it off. Yeah. That. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess that's true. He's a, they're both, he's kind of an asshole. Victor's like that boisterous, can, I can do anything I want kind of guy. And the sword's like, you're just a big joke, whatever. Because you, because the sword's like, you ain't doing anything. I'm the one doing all the work. It seems legit. I mean, Victor's pretty useless. I mean, he's, he's not useless, but he's pretty, he's pretty. I guess he's not—he's not useless, but he's worthless. Like he's kind of a kind of a kind of a dope. Well, his problem is if you're speaking speaking like mechanically, is like he's got one of the highest strengths in the game, I talking, but he can't use yeah. magic, and his skill sucks. So he can't hit a fucking—he can't—he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, he's but, he's uh, like a typical barbarian type character, but I'm just talking about his like personality. Well, no, he actually does a lot. Like he gets you through the the border. By faking, making up fake names. Uh, he does some stuff for the resistance. 
along with Flick. Well, I guess Flick mainly does it when Victor comes along to beat people's brains in. So I guess, yeah, he's pretty worthless. Yeah, he's he's the muscle. Like, he's a cool guy. Like, I like Victor. He's just kind of, you know, whatever. So, Nick, all right, we're, 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 you, put in, you put in your, your fancy new RPG, right? And you're introduced to your main hero. What typically is is their their weapon of choice? Well, typically in RPG, it's a sword. It's a sword, right? So when your main hero doesn't have a sword, like it always stands out to me, right? Like if you got like a cool axe or a balling ass, you know, mace or whatever. But more than any other time, uh, the main character of a game's weapon stood out to me as Soikin One, Mister Tyr McDole. Uses a staff. Like, this is the main protagonist of a, a game that's just beating people's dicks in with a staff. And uh, fully upgraded, it's known as the Dragon Fang Staff. It's it's totally rad uh, in every way possible. And it just, uh, it just I, I don't know, it's, it's a big deal to me when uh, your main character doesn't have, a, like, a sword and a shield. Like, don't get me wrong. There's some incredibly awesome and uh, iconic weapons out there that are swords. Like, when we're getting ready for the show, it's like, man, I could do this list on swords alone. But uh, I'm not going to. Got to have some other stuff in there. And most importantly, the Dragon Fang Staff from Soikin 1. Well, I think that stems from the fact that I think humanity as a collective has a hard-on for swords, even though they're one of the most inefficient wartime weapons like you could do so much better with a spear even like a a, a big hammer would do mm-hmm. yeah more than a sword but I, there's, there's just some think, kind of mystique to it yeah think of think of like the claymore like the claymore was m- made to be heavy and like cut through you know hide armor as well as be effective like a hammer would be against armor and it's like Plus, give them reach. So they're trying to they're trying to like give the best of both worlds in mace slash hammer and spear, but they just feel the need to waste all that extra steel and make it a sword, right? I guess it's because there's some there's like a like a level of romanticism around the sword, like that it's it's you know uh, it's this to I guess like your typical like intro into like fantasy. It's like ah. Oh, you wield a sword. You, you, it's this this martial art of the sword, and that's why I always like it. And specifically in like fantasy books, where like a character, like not everybody's walking around with swords. Like somebody's learning to use a spear or a bow, um, because they're they were more. That's your more commonly used, tactically efficient like weapon is a spear or a bow. So uh, I'm kind of with you. It's not on my list, but my favorite like weapon type is a lance or a spear. Typically, like in the Legend of the Dragoon, Albert uh, and Lavitz, uh, technically, I guess they're the one of the same character, but whatever. Uh, they're my favorite character in the game mainly because of the weapon type that they use, which is a spear, uh, and the I guess the complexity of the attacks you have to kind of input for that when you're mm-hmm. doing your uh, additions or whatever, but um. Yeah, the swords swords are okay, but they definitely are more predominant than anything else. 
That's uh, so. I'm gonna take a minute. I'm gonna recommend because the third book in the series just came out. It's uh, it's uh, epic fantasy novels by an author called Brandon Sanderson. They're called uh, the Stormlight Archive. There's three books. They're they're huge books. Like this is these are not you know if you're into like a small like fantasy book these are not for you, but they're huge. I've said in other places Sanderson's probably some of the best world building um, I've ever read. And he has a primary uh, protagonist that uses a spear. And uh, there are these legendary mythical weapons that are like, they're, they're, everybody uses them as a sword. They form them out of thin air and, you know, they, they cut through, um, they can cut through anything, uh, even like souls. Like, that's kind of like the thing, right? Uh, but, he always summons his as a spear because he has this lowly upbringing where he, you know, he was, he was an infantryman. He learned to fucking use the spear. So I don't know. It's totally rad. Read Stormlight Archive, guys. So what is, uh, thank you work phone for going off. Uh, what is, uh, your number four weapon? My uh, number four is the Excalibur two from the final fantasy nine. Okay. Um, I've never gotten this weapon. I don't know that many people have ever gotten this weapon, and it's really only on this list for its uh, rarity, because the requirement to get this is to uh, get to, like, towards the end of the game um, and fight uh, one of the endgame bosses. I think it's Lich. Leech. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, can I ever pronounce that goddamn word? I think it's Leech. Lich. Whatever the fuck. Um, like, I always want to say Leech. Because there's no T before the C, but I think it's Lich, right? Lich, yeah, Lich. Not Lich. Like, it's Lich. Whatever. I'm gonna keep saying Lich because that's that's how I do. Anyway, uh, you have to get there before. I guess you should well, say Lick. Lick would probably be more cl- close to like its ger- Germanic origins, but oh, probably. But everybody says Lich. Uh, like, think of like the Wrath of the Lich King. Nobody says Wrath of, Wrath of the Leech King. Come on now. Whatever I do, so suck my dick. No, no. Um, uh, you have to get there before the timer on the um, in-game clock reads 12 hours. Oh. Uh, you've got to talk to this pillar on the right side of the room, uh, and you'll see a message left by Gilgamesh's brother, um, which is pretty much like, I found two swords. This one had a stupid name, so I took the other one. Here you go. Fallen. So... It's a like I guess it's the best sword in the game. It's for Steiner, um, but it's also one of those like by the time you get it, you don't need it. Yeah, like to get there that fast, like you would have to be breaking other things. So that seems kind of. Anyway, uh, you said you you like spears, so my number four is a spear, uh, Gungnir. Uh, it shows up a bunch, right? It's typically known as Odin's Spear, and it shows up in just about any Final Fantasy game uh, that has Odin in it. But specifically, it is wielded by Kane in Final Fantasy IV, uh, you know, one of the earliest incarnations of a dragoon in your, uh, fi- or the earliest, I would imagine, in your Final Fantasy games, did he, I don't think he showed up. Final, a dra- you didn't have a dragoon in two, did you? 
I've never played two. So, I don't think it was in three. So, yeah, Kane and FF4. Um, while I might have problems with, you know. You know. Uh, so, uh, no, FF4 is great. Gungnir is a cool weapon because not only does it fill that badass sphere role, it's also got the mythological origins of being Odin's sphere. So, and it's got a bunch of super cool appearances throughout the series. Uh, you know, you've got the light sphere version of it in uh, FF7. You've got various other long, dark, uh, dangerous-looking spheres as you summon him in other versions of the game. So, Gungnir, Kane Sphere from FF4. So, oh, I just looked it up. And uh, apparently in Final Fantasy II, you get to play Rickard Highwind, uh, which is Kane's father, who's yeah. the first Dragoon in the series. Eh, whatever. It's close enough. I was close. With the FF. Whatever. Whatever. Well, whatever. they're the same like lineage, so, yeah, you know, essentially. Yeah, there you go. So, before we go into our threes, let's take another quick musical break. You've got a song chose out for us. What do you got? Um, I've got a song that I think a couple people in the Discord will like, uh, and C-Tan will not, uh, because <laughs> this is Shadow's theme redone. Um, it's been it's an OC remix song. Uh, it's been uh, remixed by a couple of people, uh, including Zircon, XPRT Novice, Jillian Aversa, and Jeff Ball. Um, now this particular song, I I can't really remember the original, uh, but this one's got a really kind of westerny kind of vibe to it, um, and it's been on my playlist for a couple of years now, and I listen to it every once in a while, um, and it's just a pretty sweet song. There you go. That's all we need, man. So let's take a listen to that, and we come back. We'll keep on going down the list. Oh uh, wait, I think I forgot to mention what it's called. It's called a fistful of nickels. There we go. Now we'll listen to it, then we'll come back. Thanks a lot, Nick, for ruining my set. Yeah, that's what I do.
Alright, so our number threes. Your number three, Nick. What do you got at number three? I've got the Armads from Fire Emblem 7. That's some... uh, Go for it. That's some what? I was going to go for it. It's uh, Hector's ultimate weapon. It's one of the eight legendary weapons of the continent or whatever. Um, Lynn gets one. It's like Soul Caddy, I think. Uh, Elwood gets one. I think it's Durandal. Mm-hmm. But uh, those weapons don't matter. The Armads are the only thing that matters because if you've got a decently properly leveled uh, and statted Hector, uh, once you give them these bad boys, uh, pretty much just clear the path through everybody in the, in the rest of the game. Yeah, Hector, one of the undeniable badasses of all Fire Emblem land. Like, if it's... Like, the, the best part about this weapon is it gives Hector, like, plus five defense in addition to all the other shit he's already got. So, like, he's probably all taken at most maybe one or two damage from shit at this point in the game if you've got him level up properly. And it's just, it's like, pretty much makes him an, an invincible tank, uh, except to magic. But fuck mages. Like, the, he'll push through him anyway. Yeah, he just there's no stopping Hector. Like, are you are you serious? Like Hector, Hector is death. Like that's the only way they could ever have done anything else with his character is to make him become death personified, which he already is. So let's be fair. On, on my uh, we talked about this pre-show. On my also rans, I had Wolfbeal, which is his his intro named weapon, um, simply because he was like, uh, you know. You get him, he's already a badass, and he's just, like, killing shit, and he's got an awesome named axe. Like, who? sure, you can show it with a, a, a named sword all day long in a video game, and I just kind of brush that off. You show up with an axe that's got a name, you've got my attention. I'm in it. Let's go. So. Who knows, man? Who knows? My number three. So, we all know I'm a fan of the lore of World of Warcraft. I might not play as much these days, but the lore still pulls me in. I still try and keep up to date with what's going on in the story. And there are a ton, a a ton of very significant lore-focused weapons in that game. And it's like, well, I gotta pick one. I'm not I could I could probably make a top five list out of just World of Warcraft weapons. That's true. I could. And it's like, well, do you go with Frostmore? You know, soul the sword that steals souls. No, you don't go with that. You don't go with Ashbringer, the paladin weapon that's made out of living light, forged from living light. You can't do that. What you can go with is Gorehowl. Gorehowl is... It is probably the most reasonable-looking weapon in the entire game. While it is a huge, ridiculously huge axe and no one could wield it, it's a, uh axe that's Orcish clans. Its, na- its name comes from... The, the sound it supposedly makes when it whistles through the air and cleaves you in two. Um, it was used successfully twice to kill a uh, very important pit lord in the mythos. And it just keeps coming back around, man. Can't get rid of that thing. It is it is super awesome. I, as my, my warrior in the game, had it transmog to look like Gorhal for years. So when I, I think of weapons that are important to me, I just... I just see two of them on the back of my giant walking cow creature raining destruction across all of Azeroth. But uh, yeah, now I'm a total nerd. That's fine. That's fine. It's okay. But Gorhal, it's my number three. 
That sounds like a pretty badass weapon. Too bad I have no idea about any World of Warcraft lore. No, it's it's fine, and most nobody listening to the show does. I and I understand that, and that's that's why I'm always hesitant to to put a WoW reference in a list. It's just you know, it's it's there, man. It's 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 a cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derivative of Warhammer 40k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't care. All right. Don't care. Well, I don't know, isn't it? It's alien orcs. But it's. Well, it's, no, because like it'd be derivative of the original or, or Warhammer. Warhammer. That's what I meant, not 40k. It's. I'm like, man, I don't see no fucking. And then, and then there's, and there's dark fucking. There's a there's void gods like from space that are all about madness and chaos. So it's it's very Warhammer esque, um, very influenced by Warhammer. But hey, man, you yeah, like what you good like. Shit, it's good shit, and it's uh, with a 10, 20, 100 million players. Of the game. Hey man. Say it's pretty good. Yeah, no, it is. It is what it is. So let's move on to your number two, man. What's your number two? That's where we are. Uh, right? Two, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody wants to know about my number two. It's kind of personal. Uh, well, you said you were dabbling in it earlier. True. That's true. God damn it. I set myself up for that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So. That's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. My number two is the Blade of Mercy from Bloodborne. Um, now, I don't know. I guess I was unsure if I should put this on the list because not? it's not so much of an RPG as it is like a... It's an action RPG. I guess, but it's like one of those... It's like a dungeon caller, but not really a dungeon caller, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not, like a, not like a typical RPG, like pretty much what we're playing. Um, but the thing about Bloodborne is that unlike the other Soulsborne games uh, there's a very limited weapon uh, variety in this particular game and you can't customize the weapons Um, you can slot them with runestone things to modify them but you can't actually physically change the weapon like you could in all the other games so um, with that being said each weapon also has its own unique um move set okay as opposed to the other games where you'd get like uh you could get like two straight swords they'd be called something different but they would pretty much function the same um in bloodborne um each weapon has a base form and then you can trick it into a second form um so you could have like a a hand dagger saw thing or like yeah like a hand saw like a saw cleaver uh you can trick it and it becomes like this pulled spear weapon um and with the tricking in this game, you can kind of flow it into combos as long as you have the stamina for it. So you can attack in the first form, trick it out, face your combo in the second form, or vice versa. Um, the Blade of Mercy is nothing really fancy. It's a dagger that tricks into two daggers. So um, in a game that's about being aggressive and up, up in the face of everything uh, before you get your ass kicked, uh, the fact that this is a small, fast weapon, uh, they can really get into some of the shit in, uh, really quick with, uh, is really to its benefit. That being said, uh, you have to really build for the weapon and they do not like stun anything. Um, so you have to pretty much be in and out, in and out. And if a good, in the hands of a skilled player, you can do a lot of damage. Uh, if you have no idea what you're doing in the game, 
please God, do not use this weapon or you will die all the time. Um, and to get it, you have to follow a, like a really hard quest line. Um, it's only hard because uh, the location of the NPC is hidden, and you have to find her, obviously, and then um, go back and trigger each event uh, when it happens, but you're never alerted to any of the events in these games, so you have to backtrack and or follow a guide. Um, and kind of carry that all the way through, and you fight probably one of the hardest NPCs in the game, uh, near the end of the game, and at the end of the quest line, who you have to kill to get the Crow Hunter badge from Eileen to let her give you the opportunity to buy the weapons in the store. Anyway, um, the sucky thing about them is you don't really get them until kind of near the end of the game, and you have to build for them, and, but when you get them, they're pretty fucking sweet. Awesome. Good enough I, for I me. So. Good enough for me. I mean, hey, I I wouldn't have put daggers on my list, because I'm not a daggers kind of person. Like we all know that, and I probably would fail other utterly playing any of these games because I'm terrible at video games. So there's that. Well, the Souls games are more of a watch, learn, anticipate mm-hmm. kind of thing. So if you learn enemies, attack style, patterns. You can block with a shield. You can generally outlast most enemies, and once you've got the pattern down, great. Uh, what Bloodborne does different is that there's no blocking, really. Like, there's a shield in the game, but it's a joke weapon. Like, if you have it equipped, you're going to get your ass whooped. Cause it's a wagon it's a wheel, isn't it? It's a, no, it's a wooden board. Oh. And, and anything that hits it pretty much goes, like, will crush it, and you will die instantly. The only thing it does, though, is it blocks bullets really well for some reason so that's a cool thing but um you in your offhand you get a gun so you have to use the gun to interrupt enemy attacks uh, if you do it at the right time you can go in for uh i can't remember the proper term but it's oh it's a visceral attack and uh, which is pretty much like a, a critical hit because if you block or if you interrupt an enemy uh in the middle of uh, their attack at the right moment they will um like kind of crouch on the ground and be stunned for a couple seconds and you can just go in and wreck face. So it's about using your dodges effectively, interrupting attacks effectively, and just kind of, it's the same kind of study, learn, uh, anticipate, react uh, combat style, but there is really no room for breathing because everything is super aggressive. Okay. All right. No, I mean, the game's always intrigued me with its, its, uh, horrific uh victorian-esque kind of uh aesthetic and just it's you very know Lovecraftian. yeah i just don't play a lot of games like i don't get to play a lot of games anymore it's kind of depressing so i'm not making myself sad and i'm gonna move on to my number two my number two uh i'm gonna start off with a name and everybody's gonna know the name and everybody's gonna know it from a different game and that's the mass immune or mass immune or however you say it I say Massimune. Massimune. Yeah, Massimune. That's the way I say it. That's the way I'm going to say it now. Um, in particular, it's like, which one do you choose? Do you choose Sephiroth's version? Nah. Do you choose the Tactics version? No. No, no, no. I choose the version from the Chrono universe, um, where it's the two pieces together with the third uh, soul there to create... The Massimune, our second sentient sword on our list. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite quest lines in both games. 
so you have the creation of the Mass Moon and, or the repairing of it uh, when you're getting Frog in Chrono Trigger, and then the Holy Sword versus Evil Sword storyline in Chrono Cross, which is probably one of the cooler storylines in that game. So, uh, yeah, it just shows up over and over and over again. It's got some uh, traditional sort of uh, historical cultural references as far as, like, uh, the sword and, like, there's this legendary swordmaker story behind it. Uh, perhaps we should do a mini piece in an episode someday on it. It's, it's, it's actually quite the storied kind of thing. That's why it shows up again and again. But uh, the Massimoon, I mean, it's got a lot of cool versions, and but my favorite is, of course, from the Chrono universe. So, um, yeah, no, 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 man, it's 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 really cool. It, again, uh, till this point, no swords. This is my first sword. So, there you go. All right, well, let's take our last musical break real quick. We're gonna listen to another song that I chose. And we'll come back and talk about our number ones. So I have here, that's right. Do you guys want more jazz? That's right. We're going to do more jazz because I'm sure Nick didn't choose something mellow like I did. Uh, this is a song called Dream of Green. This is from the Chrono game, uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, this is by Weisty and OC, the OC Jazz Collective. This is combining the main chrono theme and Secret of the Forest. It is a very chill sort of uh, like club jazz is the way I would I would put it. Like uh, just kind of mellows you out. It's really it's really catchy. I totally into it. Uh, but that's you know hey see if you guys like it. When we come back, we'll talk about our number ones and what we got coming up for you guys next.
right, Nick. The big reveal, man. The big reveal. What is your number one weapon? Uh, my number one weapon is a another sword. Another sword. Oh boy. Um, this one is a special sword. Uh, I mean, obviously it's got to be. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was classified as the best weapon in Star Wars Two. Um, it is Cloud Kenny's custom made sword. Uh, you pretty much have to go through a kind of a side quest to get it. Um, essentially you start off with this one weak weapon uh, called the Sharp Edge that you get um, near the beginning of the game uh, after you lose a duel. Spoilers to DS Flack. Um, like, is it possible to beat him even if you fucking hack? Uh, you game shark your game and give Claude the max like max stats and like I, I've tried this bullshit fuck this you know he's badass anyway uh, you lose you get the uh, sharp edge and then later on the game you have to find uh, mithril which is a uh, quite a common upgrade material in many games um, not common as in like you find a lot but common as it's referenced a lot um, because it's typically one of the rarer materials in video games. Um, but anyway, you fuse them together, uh, and the sharp edge becomes a minus sword, which is a cursed weapon. Um, and you don't really want to use it because it will fuck your stats up pretty bad. Um, but if you happen to get another piece of mithril ore and fuse the minus sword with that, you'll get the eternal sphere. So the eternal sphere is only really great. Like its stats are not that good. Like you get some bonus. Uh, to elemental damage, which is not so awesome with Claude because he's a sword fighter, doesn't really use many magical abilities. But every time he swings the sword, like fucking a million uh, like shards of light uh, fly out, and each one of those does uh, damage to whatever you're hitting. So uh, essentially, you can, with the right setup, like if you've gotten. Um, Fuck, I can't remember the right stats, but like, there's one skill you can get that uh, makes it so that you stun enemies easier. You pretty much get that in Claude. Uh, you get the Eternal Sphere, and you just hammer the X button, or whatever the attack button is, and he'll swing the sword. Like, a million fucking stars will come out, they'll hit the enemy, and the enemy will pretty much be guaranteed to be stunned, and then you just fucking spam the shit. Like, you can, you can kill anything in the game with this, because you just stun it and fucking kill it. Like... It's it's that broken. It's probably the most overpowered weapon I've ever seen used in a game, um, and I guess it deserves to be because of how difficult it can be to get. Like if you're not if you're not using a guide, you're never gonna get it. Uh, it's essentially uh, how hard it is to get, and that's a lot of things to start with too anyway. But hey, man, whatever works for you. So that was his number one. My number one. You got to be thinking, man. I probably know what your his number one is, and you would be right if you it's, know. Yeah, if you know Brett, you know what his number one is. Uh, it is probably to me one of one of, if not the most iconic weapon in in really gaming. Like if you think of swords, there might be one or two others that just immediately come to mind. This is always number one for me, and that is the Buster Sword. Like, how could it not be the Buster Sword? It is the most ridiculous, heavy, giant thing wielded by the scrawniest-armed 
blonde main protagonist. But it's the Buster Sword. It couldn't be more badass than the Buster Sword. This thing is littered over my high school notebooks, like just drawn on every fucking thing in every different variation that you could ever draw of the thing. Like, I mean, it was everywhere for me growing up, and I uh, I still love it to this day. I see it. I, I You don't need anything else. But to see the sword and know we're talking Final Fantasy VII, and they did some weird shit with it in the movie that we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk. We're not going to bring up any of that weird shit. We're just going to talk about plain and simple, giant, sharp piece of metal on a tiny stick held by a tiny man, and that's all we're going to talk about because it's 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 the Buster Sword. It is awesome. So that's my number one. That everybody saw that coming from a mile away. There's no need to dwell on it. I will, however, ask you what are some things that uh, almost made it. Because for me, uh, I, you know, I had the, the Keyblade. I think the Keyblade's unique and cool. Uh, there's also the Ironlancer from Chrono Cross, the opposition to the Massive Moon in the Chrono Universe. Uh, or is there anything that uh, you wanted to add to your list that couldn't? I mean, probably, but I really haven't been thinking about it. Okay. I mean, I could, like, I'm just going to rattle off something. Like, I almost, I almost do, I could have thrown a lightsaber on there. Could have done that. Didn't do that. Uh, I want to, I mean, I could have thrown, if there, I don't think there's, is there a Mega Man? There's a Mega Man RPG, right? So we could have done Mega Buster, Mega Man's hand cannon. How cool is that thing? Let's talk about some things that I did not want on my list. And uh, first off is the gun blade, because how stupid is a gun blade? We don't need that. One day we should do top five worst weapons. How about we do that? Because right up there with the, you got the gun blade, you got a, a a blitz ball. Like, come on, let's let's be real here. And also, well, in the same game, you got fucking plush dolls. That's that's true. Final Fantasy Ten just full of terrible weapons, and everybody thinks Brotherhood's like this really cool looking sword. I don't think that thing looks cool at all. Personally, I think it looks weird. Um, that's the one that's like it's got water flowing through it right yeah and it, it like hooks around in like a spiral at the end like it's really weird not a fan um let's talk about the elephant in the room because i know there's view of you screaming at your your uh iphone or phone or whatever you listen to this your car stereo you know screaming at your workers losing your mind your co-workers that is uh no master sword uh Mostly master, master what? The Master Sword. Now, it is probably arguably one of the most iconic video game weapons as well. But, A, I don't think it looks unique enough and distinct enough. It's just a sword with a big blue hilt. Okay? It is in every, just about every time you get it, like you're ripping it from a, a stone. Like, it could, it's just Excalibur. Let's be real. And um, it, like I said, it's not, it's just not cool enough to me. Like I, like if we were to talk about, like I almost put the shield on this list. I almost put the Hylian shield on this list because to me that's much cooler and more iconic than the Master Sword is. Um, so I know some of you are going to argue and I understand the, the, the Zelda fandom. I understand. And there's some great games out there in that franchise. I really do understand. Link to the Past, probably one of my favorite games of all time. 
just I don't think it belongs in this list because it just doesn't have that that character to it. It's, well, it's got some cool abilities. Like it can reflect darkness attacks or whatever, right? I and mean, it sure. can at full house shoot out a beam of light. Depending on what type, which version of the game you're playing. Uh, it does something different every fucking game. I think even like Ocarina of Time, it's not the best weapon, right? The bigger on sword is. Yeah. Well. Yes and no. I mean, it doesn't do the the the, uh, the big sword does more damage, but it's it's slow and cumbersome. So I mean, it's whatever, man. It's it's just it's the main sword in the in the it's the the reoccurring one. It's the big important sword, and I just I struggled for a minute. I was gonna put it as number five on this list, and I just couldn't I couldn't bump anything for it. It just doesn't have enough character to me. Um, so, I did think of another sword I'd put on the list. What's that? Uh, the Dragon Slayer from Berserk. There you go. There you go. Because it shows up in a video game, so you get get to use it. Uh, yes, I get it. Uh, it's actually a couple of video games. Because there's one on the Dreamcast, and then whatever the Berserk Masao is. Um, I almost had the Lavander weapon from uh, Shiny Force 2, the one that casts Blaze 3 when you hit with it, because it's just a cool weapon. Also, the Force Sword is pretty sweet in that game, too. Um, there's some, I really wanted a bow, like a really cool, like named bow, but there aren't any, like there aren't any really cool named bows in fantasy, like JRPG world. Like, I don't get that. Like, cause bows are cool, man. Well, when we play Bucker Profile, um, like, Lennis gets some pretty cool attack animations with bows equipped, mm-hmm. but uh, the attack animations are the same with, no matter what bow you get. So uh, it's her the act of her attacking is cool, but not not the items that being that are being equipped because they don't do anything. Special. We should put um, Algus's crossbow on the list of worst weapons because that dickwad shot Tetra with it. No, that should be on the list of best weapons because that acted as the turning point for Delita to get his shit together and that, become who he was meant to be. That and it broke line of sight because no other character in that game could have shot <laughs> by that bridge that way. Right. So, hey, maybe it's supernaturally powerful. Crossbows. Yeah. It's filled with the fucking uh, it's, see, that's the pompous problem. bourgeoisie powers. That's the problem with archers in a lot of games. Like, even, like, with the exception of a few characters in Fire Emblem, like, you think of most times, like, there's archers or an archer class. It's often used to support something else with its, like, speed and accuracy. Like, you never end up with the guy at the end of the line holding a, you know, a bow. Like, it's always like, ah he's got, you know, 20 million, you know, speedness boosts, and he's kicking ass with a giant two-hander or a spear or some shit. So, well, it's probably because like the the whole range aspect of it sucks. Like it's not reliable. You'd have to get in the right position, and then sometimes mm-hmm. elevation affects well, things. Yeah, because well, I mean, in real world application, that like there was just you just you just solved that with with numbers. Like you just fire enough well, arrows over there, you're gonna take something out. Well, that and it's actually superior to melee weapons as long as you've got. You get accuracy because mm-hmm. if you take somebody down with a bow, they can't get close enough to you. Yeah. But in a game, it's not strong enough to do anything that it would do in real life. That's true. Because they're, they're weaker weapons. Because I guess the, the trade-off is, oh, you get you get range, so you can attack out of range, but you get reduced damage. And it's like, no, 
Now, I'm pretty sure shooting somebody in the chest with a fucking crossbow is going to be just as painful as getting, like, stabbed in the chest with a sword. Maybe even more so. Uh, supposedly archers are incredibly effective in the, the ogre games, so... According to a cursory internet search. Um, what, like Tactic Ogre? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Vulcan you get. I can't remember what his name is, but uh, he's like one of the first characters you get in uh, the Tactics Ogre game. And then, um, yeah. like, I'm trying to think of any good archers you got in Fire Emblem. There's um, well, the, they're Takomi all in the generic. new one, but the. I guess the Takomi. Will, Rebecca, Wrath. I'm trying to think of a That's good one, though. Like. Isn't there like uh, there's the one in the guy in the GameCube game that's pretty good? Um, Rolf. Is Rolf? No. The little kid. No. No, no, no. I want to see some Path of Radiance. Is it Shannon? 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 He was okay. But I guess Takomi was the first one that's got like some real power to him. In the new one, because one of the the princes is a he's he's an archer class and he's got the special named bow. Yeah, I think he's one of the more broken characters or something. Yeah, so I guess it's the first time they gave us a useful archer. That's kind of sucks. But anyway, uh, so our next episode we should be talking about Albert's Odyssey. That'll be real good. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice, I got the new hardware in. Everything's rip, running, doing well. Um, yeah, man. In case you haven't downloaded it yet, you might want to get on that because it's a pretty hefty download. I'm not sure where you get it from, but it, it took me like four hours to get downloaded. Oh wow, really? Well, well I have yeah. to I have to look into it when I when I get the new shit in because my shit's burn up. So, um. Yeah, uh, you got anything else to add to him? I mean, anything else you want to talk about before we try and close this bitch out? You gonna say anything to say to anybody? No, I think I'm good. Mm. Well, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been great. But it hasn't been real fun. Oh, man. Well, what you can do is you can go visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. You can send us an email podcast at therpgshow.com. Uh, we do have a new link to the Discord. Just type in therpgshow.com forward slash Discord in your URL browser window, and it'll take you right to where you need to go. You can, or if you would, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. Now, I also know some of you Yahoo's probably got some uh, Amazon gift cards for uh, the holidays, and if you're going to spend those, just click on our affiliate link over at the website, and any purchase you make after following through that web uh, that web link, we will get a small portion of that back. So uh, even Mr. Blaine, who bought us our fairy tale adventures uh, for for the holidays, he bought that through the Amazon affiliate link. So we got that on both sides, fellas, both sides. Uh, speaking of which, everyone should be ha- trying to have a conversation in Discord about the uh, Discord picks whatever game we play next year so he's making a strong case by sending us a copy of a game first person do that so 
you know, you guys might want to... Feel free to send us some more games. Send us more games. That's right. And I'll just put them on the shelf next to everything else. So uh, that's that. I think I covered everything. Did I forget anything, Nick? No, I did forget something. Make sure you go listen to our friends Blaine and James over at the Is It Worth It podcast, part of the Retro RPG podcast feed. Again, let me reiterate. It's very important that you leave us an iTunes review. It helps us tremendously. If you're sitting next to a... Uh, friend, family, loved one, or coworker, and they have an iPhone, just snatch that bitch up. Go into the podcast app and leave us a rating and review on their shit. That's what I'm telling you to do. Take their shit from them. Leave us a rating and review. It's, it's, that's how we get in front of more eyes, in front of more people to come hate us like you guys do. So, I think that'll do it. And until next time, Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.